Welcome to Get Your Rocks Off with Mick Wall, the world's leading rock and metal writer. Each fortnight, Mick will unpack rock and roll stories. Stories that you probably won't find in print. So pour yourself a Jack and Coke and get ready to get your rocks off. Okay, uh, welcome to a very special... Um, I was going to say New Year's Eve. It is New Year's Eve. It's New Year's Eve. It's not, obviously, it's not New Year's Eve now. No. It will be New Year's Eve. And it probably isn't New Year's Eve by the time you get to listen to this, because that's the thing about podcasts. Who knows when you'll listen to it? In fact, probably no one will listen to it on New Year's (laughs) Eve. No, I will. And by the time in March 21, when they get round to clicking this, they'll go... Oh, it's newsy. Look what, I what a happy done. time with everyone I, at home in their COVID house. I could have stayed at home in my <laughs> one-man bubble yeah. listening to Get Your Rocks Off featuring the one and only Mick Wall and the other bloke. <laughs> the other bloke, John Hobden, <laughs> that, that other guy who's on it. Uh, I remember going into a, the marquee with Jimmy Page in about 19... 19- 89 or something yeah. and which one the one in ward no gone from water street no not it? the original one, Charing the one in Charing Road. Cross Road. yeah the one that wasn't so good it was nowhere near as nowhere good. near as good you could walk up the stairs to the balcony yeah. it was nicer but it just wasn't as good so me and it's packed it's a secret gig by alice cooper <laughs> right it's so secret it's fucking packed yeah everybody in the business is there but that's the point of a secret gig like, making no, sure as no, many people yeah, know no, as but, possible <laughs> that it's happening that's yeah. a proper secret it, gig. yeah um so uh, i didn't know i hadn't been out many times with jimmy i didn't know he carried zero security or anything yeah uh, it wasn't until we were halfway through this intense crowd that i realized I was the security. Uh, but as people good, see him coming... Good choice, good they're, choice. They're, they're, they're literally parting. They're literally parting, and you can hear them going, it's Jimmy Page, it's yeah. Jimmy Page, it's Jimmy, Jimmy, they went, Jimmy Page and, and a bloke. Yeah, <laughs> other bloke. A bloke. Yeah. Did you see Jimmy Page with a bloke? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was fame, kids, in the pre-social yeah. media age. Anyway, um... So it's 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 not New Year's Eve, but it is. It kind of is. Yeah. It kind of is, and as everybody knows, he said, putting his reading glasses on and going to the internet. As everybody knows, uh, here on New Year's Eve, uh, Kiss, yeah. the mighty Kiss. That's block caps K I S S. Okay, they. Uh, uh, are doing as or, we speak as are, we speak in dubai, dubai. uh and they are do, well as, as we speak probably this is now ancient history but in real time semi real time kiss new year's eve 2020 into 21 a special uh live stream performance in dubai which will feature, and I love this detail, which will feature over a million dollars worth of pyro. <laughs> yeah. Of course it will, yeah. yeah. Um, and $750,000 in COVID protection. Uh, yeah, yeah. I what like can, it. What you can do is you can divide those <laughs> figures by 10 to get the real figures. Because <laughs> Doc McGee, the manager of KISS, 
who, as you well know, sat in his office going, how many, yeah, this, can you imagine the bill for the pyro coming across Doc's desk, (laughs) a million dollars? No. No, 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 imagine no, Gene no, no. Simmons going, I've got to spend a million dollars for something that's just on TV. Well, it's never going to happen. Is it though? A I mean, million, I'm just looking at it. I mean, how, many, how much does, does pyro cost? I mean, a million yeah. dollars of pyro. Yeah. I just, I, yeah. I find that. Kiss don't, get, kiss don't get out of bed for any no, pyro but, that's less than a million. <laughs> Let me tell you that. Hang on. Yeah. So uh, there's a quote here from Gene Simmons. What are they going to do? They're going to blow here... that massive hotel up. That will now that would be worth watching. Well, I'm 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 trying to read this article <laughs> to find out. Now, some would arguably say I should have read it before we yeah. began recording, but that ain't how we roll on. Get you up. So I've got a great quote from Gene Simmons here. Um, yes. We play big. There's not a lot of subtlety in what we do. It's like the 4th of July. You, you don't want chaos. You can have the biggest, but it won't be the baddest uh, uh, just because of some random explosions everywhere and 300-foot fireballs going off. You can't tap your foot to that or sing along. You want to have something that has coordination, so everything that we're naturally doing on stage is going to be amplified. 10 to 100 fold bigger, oh my God. And that's a quote. <laughs> that's a but quote, it, But that, that actually doesn't mean anything, does it? it that was just That was what? just a load of words <laughs> arranged roughly one after the other. That have very little meaning in the real world. No, 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 no. Far no. for me to be cynical about anything that Gene Simmons says. <laughs> I love this quote. This is a great quote. This is actually from Doc. It's in Rolling yeah, Stone magazine. Yeah. This is a fantastic. This will be a proper quote. In this English. is a proper quote. It means okay. something. Yeah. Here we go. Quote: We don't really have a word for no. Uh, we know what people want. They want the biggest thing out there. Our motto is. If you're going to run with the big dogs, you can't piss like a puppy. <laughs> Isn't that great? See, that's a quote. That's a see, proper that's a quote. Proper now quote. I get what the gig's going to be about. Gene's thing about it all has to be in the right order or something. What has to be in the right order? What's he talking about? I don't know. The songs have to be in the right order so that Paul Stanley can remember the lyrics. Ah, here we go. Well, apparently there's 400 people, but I think they might be actually working on the show. You're setting off the million dollars of pyro. Yeah. Oh, here's, <laughs> another, here's, another, here's another great quote from Doc. The last thing we want to be... Oh, sorry, let me start that again. This is a brilliant quote from Doc. The last thing we want to be known as is the band that infected the fucking world. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last thing they want to be known yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I can't, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't, maybe there aren't, maybe there isn't a crowd. Anyway, it's going to be live streamed and, uh, and, is it, and, is it going to be, is it by any chance pay-per-view? I, I don't know. I can't go into that sort of detail here, John. I'm, I'm going to let the people Google. Yeah. Let is the it, people. Because it's specially for the fans. Yes. Very fans much so. only. 
Well, you know, that's how it always should be. Yeah. Other bands could learn, yeah. could learn. Why aren't the Stones doing a, a New Year's Eve concert and spending yeah. a million dollars on 300-foot fireballs? Yeah, why not? That's a good question. What, what is a 300-foot fireball? The last time I saw that was yeah. at Lockerbie. Yeah. <laughs> no. Or the Twin no, Towers. No. See, that needs to be cut. A bad taste joke. A bad taste joke. That, yeah. that, there's a moratorium it, on New yeah, Year's Eve. You can tell any bad taste you joke can, yeah, you like. Yeah. Okay? But, and that was mine. <laughs> okay? So, anyway, we've decided uh, to dedicate this particular podcast edition to uh, Kiss. Now, uh, in the many minutes John and I Available spent preparing the show... <laughs> Um, it, 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 we did think, well, do we go right back to the beginning and how did that, but do you know what? I, I, I don't think you can with Kiss because there is no beginning. Yeah. It, it's like the big bang of the universe. There, there was no Kiss and then there was Kiss. Yeah. So even though, you know, you could say that uh, Heim Witz, uh, who later changed his name to Gene Simmons, and uh, Stanley Eisen, who later changed his name to Paul Stanley, you you know you could say you could take the story from there, but why would you do that? Because no one gives a shit until they become Jean yes. and Paul, Paul and Jean. Yeah. Uh, and even you know when before Kiss, when they called the band Wicked Lester, much better name in my view. Well, it, it would have been, but I think that the, the Alice Cooper. <laughs> Yeah. Wicked Lester. Yeah. yeah. That's not to it, say it, Kiss just ripped no, Alice no. Cooper off in terms of the makeup and uh, that sort no, of thing. No, no, no. They, they no. interpreted it in a new way. I think they took just it Just the same as they took the fireball and they turned it into a 300-foot fireball. Yeah. It's like, which one would you rather see? I mean, never mind who came up with the fireball. No. Which one do you want to see? The original fireball or the 300-foot fireball? I'll see the 300-foot one, please. You see, that's a, that's a good point. I think that's, a, that's, a, that's Kiss's musical career in a nutshell, really, is, you know, it, they have, a, they have a, a, a proud tradition of taking things that other people invented <laughs> yeah. and turning them into something much more interesting, yeah. bigger, Better, you've had the rest. Now have now. the best. I think that's totally fair to say as far as Kiss go. It really is. And if you look at, you know, even in recent years, uh, Gene, who is, I would suggest, the driving force of a lot of the kind of business side of Kiss. Yes. Because when they, you know, we're not going to talk a lot about the 70s, but in the 70s, they were known for being the first band i suppose that became a brand weren't they you know they you, oh, yeah. you could franchise buy, yeah you know the famous kiss lunchbox and the comic book and the all the other stuff Pinball all the machine. other yeah the merchandise they came up with the radios a little kiss radio and all of those sort of things and obviously the the costumes yeah. and the yeah. yeah yeah so it's an industry it's a little mini industry and as as you know Things developed. Gene wasn't the first with it. He wasn't, you know, the Osbournes came along and had a reality show. So Gene had a reality show, you know, and it didn't really matter that it wasn't the first reality show. It was but, it, you, you, but because we'd had the rest. Yeah. And now, now we now were going to get the best. the best. Yeah, and he did that. Yeah, so the, the, the dirt came out. 
so Gene produced an autobiography that told you all about his dirt, you know. Did he? What was that? I, don't, I must have missed he, that one. He was was actually, he, he had several, and the most telling one... He had several. He did, he did. The most telling one was he wrote this, and I had to review it, and I had to interview him about it. And it was a business book, and I, I can't remember now what it was called. Ooh. But it was Gene Simmons' Guide to Business. And I thought, well, that's going to be actually a lot more interesting than Gene Simmons, you know, rattling on about the groupies or whatever it is that he used to take photos of, um, which always seemed to be trying just a little bit too hard, you know. I took photos hard. of them all, did you? Just, I mean, Just to prove yeah, they just really to, were yeah, just to prove they were real, that I've seen a real woman you know, <laughs> in real life. It's just trying a bit too hard. You know, Warren Beatty or Beatty or whatever you call him, he didn't bother, he didn't bother taking photos of them, you know. He's just doing the business and on he went. What, what I've always been curious about, though, when it comes to that, is I'd, I'd like to have seen some pictures of Gene while he was with the groupies. Yeah. Because well, I, I want to know, well, but was he was, he he was behind full, the camera. Was he in was he full in? regalia oh, uh, with tongue yeah. dangling yeah. Well, I disgustingly? Mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know at what point he used to take the, get, get the, take the stuff off after the gig, you know. Did he go straight backstage with the groupies with all the stuff on? Yeah. Or did he have a shower and stuff? And go, you know, because you imagine Paul Stanley straight off the stage, out of the cat suit, out of the makeup, doing his hair, into the gear, the other Paul Stanley gear. <laughs> yeah. Off with the off with the, off with the wig, on with the, the, the street wig, you know, which is just slightly less wiggy. And then and then he's out there with, you know, being Paul Stanley, you know. But Gene, I don't know at what point he stopped being the God of Thunder. But the, you know, the point of this book was it had these, you know, it's interesting you mentioned his, his origins there and his, 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 his original name, um, which as anyone realises is, is, you know, it's a very Jewish name. Very, yeah. Yeah. I think it's even Hebrew. And when he arrived, the, the first couple of chapters of this business book were about his childhood and about how he arrived in America n- not speaking any English right. at all. right. And you can imagine how disorientating and confusing and difficult something like that is. Um, and when you, when you understand that, you kind of start to understand Gene Simmons. And, and the I, creation of Gene Simmons a whole lot better because this tremendous insecurity of his childhood then plays out in the rest of his life. And I heard, I can't remember, where, the thing with Kiss is they've been around so long and they are a kind of living mythology that there are just millions of stories and some might be true, some might be nearly true. Um, I think this is true, or this is certainly something Gene has been telling people in recent years, is uh, you're right, he couldn't speak any English when he came to America as a child. And he learned through watching news broadcasts. Right. And he says that's where his speaking voice comes from. So, he is uh, Gene Simmons. Yes, yeah. So, tonight on News at Six. You know, you you can see that, can't you? He he, he does have that kind of demeanour. Yeah, he does very much, yeah. And that sort of, um, yeah, the the, the thrust of his money-making book, uh, which was really interesting, actually. I mean, it's not something I'd subscribe to, but um, was that, you have to be prepared 
to go further than anyone else. That was the, the thrust of it. So, and that, that's not, not in a kind of Trumpian way where you just have to try and be a worse person than anyone else. <laughs> what you have to do is you have to work harder. You know, if they're out selling from eight till eight, you're out there from seven till nine. You know, yeah. it's that mentality that which is really the immigrant mentality and the American mentality of the, you know, you can succeed, but you've got to be prepared to go further than the guy next to you. Uh, you know, uh, sell it cheaper, sell it faster, sell it quicker, whatever. Um, so Gene's ideas were never. Uh, oh, hang on, hang yeah, on. It's sorry. the heavy metal pug. Did we? Did we? We forgot to mention we have Coco. Once the, again. Once again, our heavy metal pug with us, who I will just quickly beat. Coco, shut up! You see? I learned that from a dog whisperer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, I, no, but I tell you what as well, because that also plays into the American dream, the mythology, yeah. which is based on this reality, which is um, these aren't just people that wanted to dream of a better tomorrow. These are people that left behind their... They may as well have been going to Mars. That would be the modern yeah. equivalent. A horrendous journey, no guarantee of safety or success or even a welcome when you got there. Um, but just this desperate flight to... You're, you're one of these people that will get off their arse and travel a galaxy away yeah. in the hope in the hope. That it'll, it'll be somehow better. And yeah. that you have a little hope, a little faith in yourself that you're the kind of guy that will go out and do the hours, the work, the time. You know it's not going to come good for at least a generation. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And I think Gene started off making the classic thing. You know, you you take something to school and sell it to your schoolmates and... You know, all Was of that sudden, how we met Paul? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. There were, we, if, strangely if, enough, in the Gene Simmons Get Rich book, there wasn't a lot about <laughs> Paul Stanley. <laughs> I'm not sure why. Did you read the Paul Stanley book? I didn't read the Paul Stanley book. I didn't. There's a reason for that. There isn't a Paul Stanley book? No, there no. is a Paul Stanley book. Okay. The reason you didn't did they, read it. Did they all do a book and release it on the same day? Oh, that would have been That great, would have been fantastic, that would have been wouldn't fantastic. it? Yeah. yeah, they missed a trick there. There's still yeah. time. Yeah, they still could time. actually... Doc, Doc. Yeah. Hello, Doc. Yeah. As, by the time we finish this podcast, yeah, Doc will have announced have the, <laughs> the publication. Yeah. Um, uh, I've forgotten what I was going to say. What were we on about? Um, Gene and Paul. Oh, no, the Paul book. Oh, yeah, there's a reason you haven't read the Paul book. And it's the same reason I haven't read the Paul book. And it's this. No one has read the fucking oh, okay. Paul yeah, book. Yeah. Um, it came out and, and you know, tumbleweed, cricket. Yeah, probably at the time that everyone had done one again. You know, it was that thing of the dirt was, you know, the dirt was the ur text. Right, The right. dirt was the obelisk from right. 2001. You know, but it would, just, but, it but, started everything. And then, and, and, yeah, and Doc, that? obviously Doc, I remember interviewing Doc <laughs> and him, he, oh, he had this great line about the dirt because obviously he was manager of Motley right, Crue of course, for, yeah. for much of the dirt, but then kind of got fired halfway through the book, I think. I think parted company. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That's what you mean. <clears throat> That's One thing he was very open about being fired, wasn't he? He was fired after the, was it after the Moscow Peace after Festival? After the Moscow Music Peace Festival. <laughs> the Peace Festival, yeah. yeah. Was, we, we, we'll kiss we, at that. 
don't no, you? no, he didn't. No. Doc didn't manage Kiss till nineteen. No, no, I know they but, but, but I, did, I didn't know if Kiss were on the bill. But see if weren't. you can work out the bill for the Moscow Music Peace Festival when I tell you who Doc was managing on the stage. Skid Row. Yeah. So to Skid Row were on. Yeah. Check. Scorpions. And let's not forget. Let's set the scene first of all because the Moscow Peace Festival was putting straight a great wrong in the world. And that wasn't just world peace. <laughs> that was Doc McGee's conviction for smuggling marijuana into America. Yes, which can, I think only like 40,000 tonnes, though, wasn't yeah, it? But yeah, like... yeah, that's by the by uh, how much it was. Uh, you, you know. But you see, this is where Doc was ahead of the curve because, you know, back then... <laughs> that's, what what got, what they called, that's what he got busted for. What they called drugs. Imagine how much he got in before they, well, oh, what yeah, they caught oh, on. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, they would call marijuana drugs in those days. But, yeah, but here, that's true. Here, it's medicinal these days. Well, it's like these days. It's like hemp. Yeah, or veganism. it's natural. It's natural. It's thing, natural. Yeah. He probably actually Doc should have said, "Look, I'm making trousers out of this <laughs> dope, hemp trousers, because all the kids want to wear them these days." I think Doc did think that's what the <laughs> yeah. weed was for. I think he, he, he literally just, you know, just thought I'm, uh, this is going to benefit mankind. Yeah, in some way or another. Either now or at some yeah. unspecified point. And I will point. selflessly, selflessly hire a massive boat. And, and plane. And, plane. <laughs> and several And whatever workers. else. I mean, and a few of my pals in, in Florida. In that industry. In, in, in South Carolina or North Carolina, wherever it was. And they'll sail across and it'll land and we'll unload the hemp trousers. Like and we'll, Columbus. we'll take them to a warehouse. Like Columbus. Yeah, that's right. Heading for the new world yeah. with a new promise. Yeah. And Doc was rudely interrupted in this endeavour <laughs> by, by the, the cops. D, by the DEA. The DEA and whoever the hell else. The cock-sucking just, DEA. Yeah, just looking for a payday, those guys. Yeah. You missed the uniform. Yeah, yeah. So Doc has to do a bit of... <laughs> bit of a deal here, a deal there, a bit of backsliding with the old uh, no, lead, lead prosecutor, whoever he, the guy was. He, he distills, he distills, he did, he distills. his difficult so situation. Goes, he solves look, problems. Doc goes, here's the, okay, you got in Doc's voice, you got a problem, you got the problem here, whatever. And he's got that kind of, that kind of voice. But, uh, you know, he goes, well, you, what you could either do is you could either bust me for all that, but who does that help? Who does exactly. that benefit? Who does that benefit? Or... I can take all my bands to Russia, that country you so love, and we can that put on a we can we can put on a peace festival. Yeah. Just just for the world. No, yeah. don't look on it as yeah. being for Russia or to get Doc McKee off a drugs charge. No. That's not what it's that's for. That's the least. That's, that's the that's, least. Concern. That's a reason, but it's not the reason. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so into so, a plane, get. Yes. Surprisingly enough, all of the bands that Doc manages. Ambassadors. And the year, what year was it, 89 maybe? Ambassadors for anti-drink and yeah, drug yeah. abuse. Like Vince Neil. Such Neal. as like Vince Neil, <laughs> Tommy Lee. Yeah. Sebastian yeah. Back. Mick Mars, who was conscious for part of the trip, <laughs> I heard. <laughs> and yeah. uh, the only band but, he didn't manage was Ozzy. 
Oh, did I? But Ozzy just went anyway. Yeah, Ozzy and he Sharon. Because he thought it'd be cool. I tell you what, there's a great YouTube clip of um, the beginning of Bon Jovi's <laughs> show. Right? The, other band <laughs> but, yeah, the other band famously dedicated to world peace. Bon Jovi, that's right. <laughs> and, and, and Aerosmith were also supposed to be on the bill, but they got wind of uh, what was going on. Yeah. Because Doc had told them all, I can't remember one hour, 50 minutes, whatever, but for argument's sake, you've all got one hour. Yeah. There's no headliner, but but Bon Jovi will be going on last. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's all it yeah. is. But all they're the kids will be going home at that point. They don't know yeah, who Bon Jovi is. They don't know yeah. Bon Jovi. They don't care. Yeah, they're yeah, Russian. They, what yeah. do they care? Yeah. So, um, and there would be no pyro, no nothing. Okay, it's it's bare bones. It's no three hundred foot fireball. No, no, definitely not. Gig. Definitely not. This is check your egos at the door. Yeah, and our e- because we're here for peace. We're here for pe- we're here for peace. Yeah. bang, 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 bang. Yeah. So the eve of the first show, Motley have discovered. Although there's no running order. Yeah, they have discovered that Aussie is coming on. A little later than then. Yeah, just Shall we later. put it like that? Well, I think later's the key word. Not uh, later. Not, not, not ahead bigger. Of. Not ahead of. No, no. Not no. bigger on the bill. Yeah. Just later, later in the there. evening. In fact, um, do you know what I said to Skid Row? I don't know if Skid Row were there. Actually. I, th- I can't think. <laughs> I don't know if Doc, they were. Doc did manage them. So oh, no, he did manage them at that point. Just they probably yeah. were there. Yeah, I mean, Sebastian would have wanted to go, wouldn't he? He'd have been one of the few who actually thought. This will be cool. Shall we just say they were there? Let's say they were there. Fuck it. They were there. Dave Snake Sabo was on the plane writing out his manifesto for harmony. Yeah. um, I can't. I'm I'm sidetracked here trying to remember. Because I was there. Yeah. Well, so obviously you've got a very clear memory of everyone else. I have a very, very clear memory on... Uh, the fact that I was there. Yeah. Uh, I don't can't vouch a hundred percent anybody else. Yeah. No. So anyway, um, there's this kerfuffle. Um, and anyway, the whole thing goes ahead, and Motley are also kind of, you know, are you sure we can't have any? Py- no one's yeah. having pyro. No three hundred foot fireball for you, my yeah. my tattooed friends. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's a great YouTube clip. You're just going to have to rely on your songs. <laughs> so anyway, they do the whole thing and then it gets to the end of the night and last on the bill, let's put it like that, yeah. last on the bill. Of Bringing up the rear. <laughs> and the whole gig starts with Pyro! <laughs> yeah, oh, the that, starts already, it's probably yeah. both. But but here's the great thing, okay, no one's got any kind of, yeah. no one's got any of that crap. It's, you know, the show starts and at the mixing desk, which is out in the middle of the crowd, that's where John Bon Jovi starts it from. He's wearing a Russian soldier's jumper, uh, jumper <laughs> coat and hat. And he's and they're doing lay your hands on me. Yeah, you know? yeah. So he's walking through are. the lay your hands on me, lay your hands on me, lay your hands on me. And of course, you've got yeah. these Russians laying their fucking yeah, hands their on their bodyguards, Russian hands. smashing them in the face. Yeah. Fuck off, Stravinsky. Yeah. You know, yeah. fuck off, Igor. Get your Rasputin. hairy paw yeah. off the star. So, of course, it takes me about five hours to get to the stage. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. 4th of fucking July. Yeah. And then they do like a two-hour show, you know. <laughs> and With all the hits. 
And you'll you'll be amazed to learn that Nikki Six, Tommy Lee, Vince Neil, and the charismatic Mick Mars <laughs> yeah. didn't fucking like that. No, didn't like it. I say. So uh, yeah, so it was agreed that uh, they would part company with it. With yeah, on 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 good terms. On though. very good terms. But yes. he he does appear in you know he's regularly appears in the dirt as a problem solver when you know various things have gone wrong. I tell you what, the stories Doc has told me, which will remain just that for now until he puts them all in his book. But uh, the amount of stuff he had to deal with, with Mo- I mean, any band, but Motley. Yeah. Gee, we see, there was the ridiculous thing about the dirt was, uh, you know, and as, uh, I was going to tell you what Doc's great line was. When I mentioned, oh, yeah, on, when yeah. mentioned the dirt, he goes, yeah, he goes, uh, well, some of it was true. <laughs> and I think and I think that I think that's right. You know, I think the, the, the problem is they've gone down the, uh, the road of, of, you know, when you when you've got the truth and the legend, print the legend, which is the, the old maxim. Yeah. But in Motley Crue's case, <laughs> actually, it's one of the very, very rare occasions when the truth was better. Yeah. 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 In fact, it was more a case of tell don't, the lie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't print the truth. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't yeah. print the truth. Yeah, Not it's, all of it that's anyway. That's too horrible. That's way too horrible. Yeah. So anyway, back to Kiss. Yes. So just to remind everybody... Here on New Year's Eve, because we know you come straight to the pod the day it's released, whatever it is, premieres, premieres, premieres. But it's probably not. So you're looking back. Anyway, you missed it. It was a great gig. I assume it was a great gig. I mean, we're we're recording this a little bit ahead of time, aren't we, John? Um, But uh, so, Kiss, Kiss are a phenomenon, and I thought rather than you know get into the minutiae. Which would require work yeah, and research. And research, and all that stuff. Who cares about that? Exactly. You know what the albums were. We know what the albums were. But I think they... Can you hear that pug? That's the pug, That's yeah. the pug. That's what he thinks of uh, the early part of Kiss's career. I, I've heard old men snore <laughs> less loudly. Yeah. Okay. To me, there's Kiss in the 70s. Kiss in the 80s. Yeah, the best kiss. In and that, oh, bold, in my view. A bold claim, my yeah. friend. And then there's the big comeback of Kiss. Yeah, in which the is now, which late is 90s the, the, the sort of the nostalgia of Kiss. And I, I don't use that in a, in, a, in a pejorative sense at all. Kiss are now about nostalgia because that whole generation of people who grew up with the lunchboxes and the radios and all the rest of it, you know, now. They've had their own lives. They've been successful, hopefully, in those lives. And, you know, they want to see a 300-foot fireball. They, and they, they want to see Gene Simmons on the other end of it. They do. But I do think, I think, I actually think they are post-nostalgia. Post-nostalgia, yeah, it could be, yeah. Because whatever, I think whatever the nostalgia, comes after nostalgia. I think the nostalgia, you know, was a 90s thing, if you like, or an early 2000s, a dawn of classic rock. But I think where they are now, uh, I've been lucky enough to see Kiss play quite a few times Obviously not in 2020, but in 2019. Some would call that luck. So. <laughs> no, I tell you what. No, they're great. No, one know, thing yeah. about Kiss. I they tell know you, how to play the old... They are amazing. Yeah, proper line. band, yeah. First time I saw them was in 1984 right. at Wembley Arena when th- Bon Jovi was the opening act. Yeah. And um, uh, I couldn't believe it. I was stunned. What an amazing show it was. And I didn't realise until I saw them live at that point. Obviously, this is the no-makeup mm. years. Yeah. 
how what an incredible frontman Paul Stanley is. Oh, he's is. just, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about that in a bit. Well, let's talk about it now. Well, he, I mean, he, <laughs> Are you uh, waiting for the Kiss podcast? Uh, <laughs> no, but I think you were going to go, go on and say... Oh, okay, okay. So, so I have been lucky enough to see them a few times in the last, call it, year and a half, two years. And um, when they did the O2 Arena in London... Mm. My God, man, the Kiss shop, the Kiss merchandise store, there were longer queues and more crowds in there than you'd get at the Hammersmith Apollo <laughs> on a Saturday night. Yeah. There was like a separate phenomenon going on. And the, and the, the queue crocodiled. They had all the turn barriers now. Yeah. So it went bong, 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 like eight, nine, ten, eleven mm. rows. And, and mainly it was adults with children. Right. And I thought, what this reminds me of, or make puts me in mind of, is if, um, obviously for the olders, there, there'll be a degree of nostalgia or frisson with the thing you liked when you were much younger. But most of all, they're, go they're going to the circus. You know, they're, they're, they're yeah. going to see the Star Wars yeah. musical. Yeah. They're, they're, they're going to see uh, We yeah, Will a, Rock You. Yeah, you know? yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think, and, and this has always been Gene's idea. Hasn't it? And it and it's 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 a very valid idea because it you know, drawing the we will rock you comparison is a very good one, in that you go and see the show. You're not necessarily that you're not necessarily going to see the people who are in the show. No. You're going to see the show itself. Yes. So you know, Gene's idea that KISS can outlive Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley and become a, a generational show that just carries on with a revolving cast of performers. Is actually probably a valid one. Well, it's Cirque du Soleil. It's yeah. uh, it's bigger than that. Yeah. much bigger than yeah. that. Yeah, because I mean now you know, and Stanley has been a fantastic frontman. We have to say, amazing, one of the great rock and roll frontmen. Amazing, and he has that thing. You know, you might sort of put him in the Roth category for frontman antics, but he's also got the voice. You know, he had a fabulous voice. I don't know what state it's in now. Still pretty Probably good. still good as long as he doesn't overuse it. But, um, I, and I think, you know, he, he'll be difficult to, to replace, but he's getting to the point where, you know, you say they, they you know, they're not going to keep playing shows forever. They're not going to be, well, they might be, but they're probably not going to be 75 and still well, this is jumping their, off the this drum is still riser. still their farewell tour yeah, they're on. Yeah, <laughs> it's like... Yes. Look, Frank Sinatra had that one cracked, didn't he, all those years ago? Well, but, I, the degree yeah. of cynicism in this but conversation. But even if, even if it were, I mean, yeah, you're not going to see Paul being Paul um, no. forever, you know, no, no. pun intended. Um, but so, yes, subsequent generations are going to want to see a guy who kind of looks and sounds a bit like Paul Stanley. Well, if you're doing wearing all things. that stuff, yeah. I mean, who's to know? Well, that was Doc's great thing, wasn't it? The... Uh, Getting them back to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, also, did he not pull one of his tricks? Oh, I don't know if it was Doc. I probably shouldn't, you know, I don't want to. It's a, it's a funny trick. It's not, they were in Australia and someone spotted that the, I think the drummer wasn't the drummer, you know, because he, he was ill for a couple of shows. So they just shoved some guy in the makeup. And it was sort of pre smartphones and that kind of thing. And, you know, oh, the, the, this guy did a couple of shows dressed as the drummer. You know, it was something like that. I can't remember the full ins and outs of it. We could neither it, you know. confirm Neither confirm. It was funny. It wasn't a, it wasn't a horrible I'll tell you what, thing, though. So yeah. let's begin then with Kiss in the 70s. Now, yeah. um, I remember that era 
with a slightly different perspective to you because I'm older. I'm older than everybody yeah. at this point. <laughs> The only person older than people older than me are in fact Kiss, Paul. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Ace. Let's not forget Ace. <laughs> um, All too easily forgotten it, Ace. And why I said there was no backstory, at least in the UK, was because Kiss didn't mean anything in this country mm. except shut up, except to those that knew, and yeah. those that knew were really in a very small minority. The only music, there were four main music papers in the UK, we must remind people, that was our entire social media, because in the UK we had three TV channels, one national music channel, none of whom liked to play hard rock or what we later called metal. Um, and Kiss, without any hit singles, just never, yeah. ever, you, know, you would never see them on top of the pops or... You didn't see them in the music press. The only magazine you ever saw them in in those days was Sounds magazine. And that's because Jeff Barton, yeah. who Loved later kids. became instrumental yeah. in the launch of, well, it wasn't really a launch, but the, the coming into existence of Kerrang, um, happened to be a, a massive Kiss fan. But he was also a Rush fan and yeah. a Ted Nugent fan and a Styx fan and all these groups that meant absolutely fuck all in the UK. Mainly we knew Kiss through the pictures and the makeup. Yeah, yeah. But because we'd just come out of glam, you know, we'd come out of Alice Cooper, David Bowie, uh, Peter Gabriel dressing up as a... Flower. Whatever that was, a flower, oh. and then an ugly alien yeah. thing. Um, we the, the hero was the one Slipper of, Man. Yeah, the Slipper Man from Slipper Lam, Man from Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it was an era where rock was becoming more cinematic with concept albums, double albums. Um, they would put on a, a proper show at the theatre, which would be laughable these days, but I was seeing an old pantomime. Yeah. It was still all ropes and magic curtains, you know. Oh, they've got a laser. I remember yeah. seeing the first shows of laser. Well, I so remember dreadful. it must have been maybe Reading Rock 1982 or something like that, and Alice Cooper headlined. And that was a massive thing because no one had really seen Alice Cooper particularly. You know, not of my... Well, not for a while. Yeah, not he, for a he while, yeah. He'd been Yeah, but, and he did the guillotine thing. All oh, right, yeah. And that was literally a magic trick, wasn't it? You know, it was a, a, yeah. done in Pantomime. the same way that Paul Daniels or someone would do it. You know, the, the head goes into the, into the guillotine that comes down, and, oh, he lifts it up <laughs> and it's his head. You know, it's fantastic. It was great. But as you say, it was very much a sort of... And then you the know, shock... Of realizing it wasn't real. It wasn't real. <laughs> that, you know, that, that but no, could I do be remember. Quite a shock. Was, you know, that sort of. You're right. There was that kind of disconnect. You, so here that, comes that, Kiss. Yeah. In all this, at the time, really, like talk about taking it a stage further. Um, I mean, they were kind. They were cartoons. They yeah. were living. Well, they were. Cartoons. I suppose they were a bit like on the sort of level of fame of someone like Hulk Hogan would have been over here as well. You kind of heard about them. Yes. You kind of knew who they were, and you knew they were big and American. In America. And, and it was like, you know, what we knew of America back then, before you went there, was what you'd seen on TV. Yep. So it would be Detective, you know, Kojak or Starsky and Hutch or yep. those kind of things. And you were aware that America was this massive place and everything was bigger there. 
the bands were bigger. Yes, and you and you kind of made allowances for the fact that um, that because there was already this idea that in America, like when David Bowie first made it in America, he uh, did well with the Ziggy Stardust thing, but you know, gold record, you know, mm. top forty. Yeah, what sent him multiplat was when he a year after he'd done the farewell to Ziggy. There's no more spiders from Mars. It's still an incredibly theatrical. Coco! Beat him, John. Take the stick and beat him. Um, it was still a very theatrical show, but musically, he had a hard rock band and everything was kind of reconfigured to be less this kind of glam pop rock thing from the UK and more this hard rock, yeah. Iggy, Detroit, New York hard ass type of thing yeah and that helped him get across to uh the midwest the flyover states yeah. the rock fans that yeah. didn't like gay men dressing up with makeup and singing about aliens yeah it yeah. wasn't their first first port of call it wasn't their first port of call yeah but big macho guys dressed as something out of star wars yeah singing about detroit rock yeah. city that's their port of now you, now yeah. you've got now a glam you're rock that they can relate to yeah yeah in the same way that alice cooper was you know a dude with a chick's name mm. yeah uh, and 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 weird shit on his face yeah but that band that alice cooper band you know they kicked some fucking yeah ass. yeah yeah and I think Kiss came, that's where they came in. But I think there was, amongst people that read music papers and bought LPs in the UK, uh, or certainly anywhere outside of America, had this idea that it was a sort of peculiar, peculiarly American phenomenon and that uh, it wasn't one that we particularly could relate to. No, no. And I think that was sort of partly musical as well, maybe, in that mm. when you first heard Kiss, and if you heard them just through the radio or on album, detached from the surrounding image and the rest of it, they actually weren't that spectacular. They weren't that great. No. You know, detached from all that. Put them with all of that. Sort of, whereas, yeah, you mentioned Rush earlier. Actually, Rush were better when you didn't have to look at them. Because you know, they had the stupid kimonos or whatever. But 2112 sounded amazing. You know, what's that concept album about the... You know, people taking over the planet. Yeah, I'll have some of that, you know. Yeah, well, exactly. Flashy uh, musicianship and all the rest of it. You could say Rush were like the thinking man's yeah. kiss. Yeah, and, and actually the, the, they toured together, didn't they, famously for, for, for a while. And Rush are very funny about that era of touring with Kiss and, and Credit Kiss with teaching them a lot. Yeah. It was, um, there's a really good Rush documentary. I'm trying to think which what one it is because there's two or three. But Geddy and Alex sit down and talk about these early tours with Kiss. And Rush were really, you know, they were still kind of rock bottom guys. They were they were in a van that they'd bought themselves. Yeah. And they're following Kiss along and they're in the kind of bog standard hotel. And Kiss are sort of a bit, uh, but Kiss sort of start to think Rush are quite funny. You know, they're quite fun to hang out with because Alex Lifeson's, a, if you don't know, Alex is a funny guy. You know, he's... Good sense of humor. And he invented some character who was called like a bag man or something, where they'd all get stoned. And he'd put this paper bag over his head that had a face drawn <laughs> it. And then they'd go and torment Ace Freely, who hated bag man. He was <laughs> quite scared of bag man. So they go and hate. And one occasion they said that they went into Gene's room. Geddy was like 
pissing himself laughing about this because Gene had done the whole thing of like luring them, not luring, inviting these groupies back. And he's giving it the big eye out. <laughs> you got it right the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. They're back there. All of a sudden there's Alex with a paper bag on his head <laughs> talking in a stupid voice and the groupies get up and go. <laughs> and Gene's like, oh, fuck you, man. You know, you, you've, that... you've kind of, you've cock blocked me, man, with a, See... with a bag on your head. See, that reminds me. Uh, we're not we're not usually one to sidetrack, as people will no, know. But no. that reminds me of a story Ozzy told me once about the very first Black Sabbath tour of America, <laughs> right. and uh, he said we couldn't believe it because in the UK and Europe, everywhere else we'd ever played, you know, we, we never used to get any women at the shows. You know, if yeah. you saw a woman at the show, yeah. you'd be nudging each other on stage. <laughs> A woman yeah. at the show. Yeah. She must be someone's carer, you know, or... or, yeah, or, or, yeah. or it's a mistake. Yeah, you tr- yeah. you brought your she girlfriend... Thought it, she thought it was something to do with the church, Sabbath. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the Sabbath. Either a nun... Yeah, it was probably a Sunday. Or a satanic slut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either one you don't want to mess with. No. He said, we got to America. He said, and literally the first day, they, they, they turned up at this shithole hotel in New York. He said, and there are chicks everywhere... He said they were coming up to me going, I want to ball you. I want to ball you. He said, we, we, <laughs> we, we had no idea what What's ball? ball? Yeah. You want to ball me? Yeah. Fucking hell, what's that? Yeah. Anyway, he said, but anyway, we figured it out. He said, but the only trouble was, was he said, he said, you know, we used to get the groupies. We used to get, we used to, <laughs> our groupies used to be worse looking than the groupies that other bands roadies got. <laughs> yeah. He said, we used to call them, because they were also sharing rooms at this point. Yeah, yeah. He said, we used to call them two baggers. Because what we used to say was, you'd have to put a bag over her head to shag her. He said, but then if someone came in the room, so you'd have a second uh, bag what, which you'd what, put what? over your head <laughs> so that not only could they not see how ugly the girl was, but they didn't know who was shagging her. Oh. Uh... Clever. There's four of us in the group. Yeah. Three of us are standing here without bags on our heads. <laughs> yeah. Who could who, that who be? Could that <laughs> Aussie. Aussie. Who could that be? Aussie still haven't worked it out. Two baggers. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, back to Kiss. Um, uh, I mean, actually, Black Sabbath, another very kind of good model for Kiss because this hard rock, heavy metal thing, mm. but the image, you know, Black Sabbath, the crosses, that whole thing that preceded them this was the dawning of the age of 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 rock as theater a spectacle yeah spectacle yeah. well i mean and I, and I suppose really uh, a destroyer aside the big breakthrough for kiss was the alive album well i was going to say you you just yeah. you, you hit the nail on the head we both did when we said albums not so uh, remarkable live shows mm some other level completely other level amazing and they got better and better as the years went by and of course the thing that finally breaks them in america is the album the double album alive yeah 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 and and that you know it's that kind of marriage of the whole thing as you say it's more of an experience if you're seeing them than if you're just listening to them even though on the live album you are just listening to them but it's it's kind of taking you there in a in you know 
in that way, you know, the packaging and all of that was fantastic, the, wasn't it? The photos. And actually, when Alive 2 came out, there was, you know, it was a huge hoo-ha. Even Alive 3, which is a particular <laughs> favourite of mine, there was a, a hoo-ha about that. And then Alive 4, which is a, it's, it's an, I think that's the orchestral one, isn't it? It's like Kiss with the Australian Philharmonic, which again is a classic gene, like everyone's done it, but now Kiss are going to do it. You know, and it will be just a bit more kiss tastic. Yeah, yeah. well, will all be. the orchestra wore the makeup, and they looked at it. It just, did look see, fantastic because you got fifty people all wearing the makeup and then right. kiss themselves. Yeah. You know, so no, I, I, I love this. Yeah. I love this, and but it took a long time in America, where it was a little bit more two dimensional in the sense that they kick ass musically, yeah. and they look like fucking Star Wars characters. You know, um, although they came before Star Wars. You might say Star Wars yeah. characters look like Kiss. Well, know? I don't know if they did, did they? I mean, don't ruin it. I, I don't, don't really don't, know don't Star Wars, but no, I don't remember don't seeing anyone like Kiss. Bit. Well, you know, maybe in... maybe you didn't see the movie properly. <laughs> Maybe you need to see it again. Yeah, watch it again. Since it's been with digitally kiss, with Magine Simmons kiss glasses. That's right. On. That's yeah. right. Your gauntlet. Mm. So, um, but no video in those days. And I can tell you, I used to love live albums as a teenager yeah. because you would sit there with the whole gatefold. Yeah, live albums were pictures. better. Well, uh, first of all, they, and, and, and you're listening to a yeah. concert. So now yeah. in your mind. You're there. at the yeah. concert. And invariably, they have doubles. That's the thing. It's like twice the twice as long, twice yeah. as good. Yeah. And all the songs you already know, but better, yeah. well, the best, liver. Well, the best album, arguably, Thin Lizzy ever put out was yeah. the live, live double, live I mean, and dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Like a Absolutely. greatest hit. I mean, but, but all better. of them, you could kind of go through all of You know, Rainbow on Stage was a great record. Uh, you know, a double album. Rush broke through with All the World's a Stage, you know, which I remember buying. Great double live album from their sort of early era. You know, yeah. And then went on to make Exit Stage Left, which was another fantastic double yeah. live album. Well, there you go. There um, you go. No. Seconds Out, Genesis, classic, classic double live. But, live Killers, Queen. It was but, just the thing. But do you remember the moment Kiss had their sort of commercial breakthrough in the UK? No. Because I'm going to be completely honest, I don't. Because I think the makeup had gone by then. And I think, uh, in my memory anyway, the record that I remember kind of getting into the charts here, maybe there being a tiny little filmed clip on top of the pops or something, was when Kiss went disco. Oh, yes, I probably. was made for loving you, baby. You were made for loving me. I can't get enough. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. I'm yeah. pretty sure they yeah. had taken the makeup off. Now, John, could you give us a 60-second soliloquy while I adjourn to the, to the <laughs> toilet? Because he's very old. He's got to go. Very old. But he's also got to I'm go. He's going to go in the corner and piss in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's my soliloquy going to be about? Well, how they transitioned from American cartoons oh, to disco divas. Well, I don't know. The answer to that is, sadly, I don't know. Um, I could, was it about the time that Gene began his relationship with Diana Ross? And also, I think here is the real uh, moment that it began, is the label Casablanca. Um, which I think KISS were somehow signed to through various subsidiaries or they created or what have you. Mick will tell us in a minute when he's back from the bathroom, is that uh, Casablanca were very big in disco music 
and that was the connection with Kiss and how it came about. I wouldn't swear to that, but my rock and roll colleague is back. What, 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 what did you swear to? I was just saying, I think the connection came. I, I do remember it was probably about the time that Gene was going out with Diana Ross. Now, but there you go. But I think the real connection, as I just mentioned, was Casablanca Records. Yeah, who yeah, Kiss Bogart, were, yeah. yeah, who Kiss were either signed to or subsidiary of, and Casablanca had a few massive disco hits, didn't they? They really did. Uh... So again, Gene probably went, look, hang on. This is something I can do in my way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's exactly what happened. And also, you know, uh, even Kiss can only release so many He's live back, albums. by the way. Um, and I think they were kind of post-punk, post-disco. They're in that lull that all bands get, that sort of mid-career lull of what do we, what do? We do? Yeah, you know, how do we... Taking the makeup off was a huge gimmick. But the problem is, once you've done it, then what do you do? Actually, you're just a couple of kind of quite ugly. Well, Stanley's not, but but you know, Gene's. No, the God of Thunder's what? great, and he slept. What? You know, he has slept with twenty thousand women or whatever it is. <laughs> but you know, you know, he's not on the. He's not, he's not Brad the, Pitt. You know, isn't he? He's not. He's not even Dave Lee Roth. Isn't know? he? Though he's not John? even Vince Neil. You know, he's not even a fat Vince Neil. No. 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 Um, no. No. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take it. So, anyway, so, so he's probably. So anyway, what I was gonna say. The, the you know the makeups off. The problem with that is what. What do you then do once the makeups off? You get all the publicity around the makeups off. What do they look like? It's you know, because we have to say it, Kiss went to great lengths to never be photographed without the makeup. It was the big thing, wasn't it? And someone might have once got half a shot or something, and it might have, it was even in Rolling Stone. Is this? The real face of Kiss, you Isn't know. Isn't that great, though? Yeah. And also, um, in this weird era we, we live in, uh, they were the, the... I remember seeing pictures of Gene on the cover of Sounds with a face mask. Right. A surgical yeah. face mask. Yeah, yeah. Again, ahead of the curve. Yeah. yeah ahead of the curve so. by several decades. Yeah. But you're right, there was this whole thing about... Um, uh, you know, oh my God, we can finally see them, and then of course that wears off pretty quick. Yeah, and and, and what are you left with at that point? The music. Well, it's like that. It's, that. it's like that. Stephen King. You know, Stephen King always says in his books, you know, the monster's always scarier before you show people what it is. So you don't show it to them till right the at the end of the story. You get That's to right. see the monster, and it's like that. If Kiss made a mistake with the makeup. That was what it was, but they couldn't have stayed in the makeup forever anyway. No, so they had also, to, it gives them something yeah. to talk about. Yeah, and then for of course a one day. Yeah, and 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 then I suppose what happens is it coincides with Bon Jovi coming along, Europe yeah. coming along. You know, the rise of the early iterations of hair metal, eighty four, eighty five, before hair metals everywhere, but when actually hairs start to be back combed. The, the clothes gone through that kind of Miami Vice type phrase, so it's all acid colours, you know. Um, and all of a sudden, Kiss looked very different, you know. Well, they very certainly di- had the whole uh, they, hair they thing. They boot Ace out, you know. Ace finally gets the old heave ho. So now it's just Gene and Paul because. And what about? Don't forget Peter, the cat. Well, he he gets the Elbow. as well, doesn't he? Yes. But but I think while they were still wearing the makeup, it didn't really matter. Yeah. And then when they took the makeup off, it kind of suddenly didn't matter because mm. it, it, you didn't have the famous cat makeup and yeah. Space Ace, was it? Was yeah, it? because when Vinnie Vincent joined, 
he wore makeup, didn't he? Because he, yes. he was Ace's first replacement. He wore makeup. They've gone to sleep. He that wore. Explain the snoring. Yeah. yeah. He wore makeup. Uh, but then the makeup sort of came off after that, didn't it? Quite um, soon after. Quite soon after that. Because Bruce Kulick, who comes in, is the classic yeah. good looking, you know, wears a vest. Has his hair combed back, you know. He's a he's a kind of eighties, mid eighties rock guitarist. Well, so Bruce wasn't bald. Bob was bald. Oh, the brother. Yeah, you're but getting confused. There were two. There were two. It's but not. One... The, it's not the same guy. <laughs> it's not the same guy. No, it's I not just the thought that's that why was... they. That's why they had different names. Oh right, I so just they could distinguish between. Them. I thought it was his kiss name. His kiss name was Bruce rather than Bob. Yes, yeah. I see. Right, and Bob but was in the real one life, in Meatloaf. Bob. Bob went off with Meatloaf, where he shaved his head and yeah. was no longer in Kiss. Yeah. That's right. I actually tried to contact. Uh, <laughs> Was it Bruce that was in me? <laughs> See, this is probably why you didn't Bob. get through. No, no, th- th- this is exactly why I didn't get through. It was, yeah. it was Bob that was in Meatloaf then. Bob was with Meatloaf. The yeah. bald one. The bald guy. Okay, okay. He was sort of more famous until Bruce got the gig in Kiss, I think. I contacted Bruce right. to explain to him how I had first met him on the 1984 Meatloaf tour. <laughs> had always really loved his guitar playing and it would be a damn shame if I didn't interview him for my meatloaf book and he never got back to me Mm. and and it it was about a year later I suddenly went oopsie I should have been contacting Bob yeah and you contacted Bruce I contacted Bruce isn't, isn't Bob dead I don't know Bob's got, dead? Got, I don't know. I can't Bob's I'm, dead? I've got a feeling one of them is. No, not Bruce. I actually, no. I actually, I actually met Bruce <laughs> This is really confusing. Even I, even I can't work out who you've met and who you haven't now. Bruce was on the Kiss Cruise. Okay. But he's not in Kiss anymore. No, but he was on the Kiss Cruise yeah. and he got well, up. As a punter. Pretty try, much. Trying to get his dough out of Gene. Pretty much. Gene, remember me? <laughs> Um, no, he did the as, the, as the ship sailed out of Miami Harbour. He's joined the Navy. He, he, no, the band were doing um, an unplug, so no makeup, nothing. Yeah. Uh, a set around the pool as right. the ship took off. Um, the weird part was the ship took off an hour late, so they were just finishing as it actually took off. But Bruce got up, say it was a two-hour show, Bruce got up for like the last hour. yeah. Well, Bruce was the guitarist at the time of Kiss Alive 3. Right. The reason right, right. I know this is because he gets his acoustic out on Forever, my favourite Kiss song, which is uh, <clears throat> written by Mr. Michael Bolton. Forever? Forever. How's that one go? Like, I'm not going to sing it because you need go to be Paul on. Stanley to sing it. You need to be Paul Stanley or Michael Bolton in order to sing it. It goes into yeah, a you, tremendously high register. You've got a good voice. I wanna tell you what I'm feeling inside. That one, you know. Rings a bell. Yeah, it goes, and then it goes. It could be a journey song. Have you seen the guy who does? Or this, Ario There's Speedway. a guy. Um, or Bon Jovi. There's a guy in a Kiss tribute band, and he's done a video on YouTube of him dressed up as Paul Stanley, and he goes into McDonald's <laughs> and orders <laughs> in the style of Paul Stanley's stage introductions. Go on, so, so he walks in and goes, can I get a Big Mac? 
<laughs> guys just looking at them and I'll have some fries with it it's it's sensational because we're you know 300 foot fireballs yeah, yeah. going off in because the that if you you know if you listen to the kiss live albums one of the great pleasures of kiss live albums are Stanley's introductions because oh. he always sings the last bit oh yeah you know? of course yeah I see what you're saying yeah he yeah. always does that you know yeah. Um, See, when he's doing that... Girls, I, I, girls, let, let me hear you, girls. You hear all that. And then he go, you know... Um. <laughs> so anyway, they take the makeup off and it does give their career a bump. A boost. Well, that, as I was sort of going on to say, what they do is that, you know, as Bon Jovi did and, you know, several bands of that ilk, they suddenly think hit singles... They get the really good writers in. So the aforementioned Michael Bolton, who was writing hits for people long before he went off and did it, well, not long before, before he did his solo stuff. Um, Holly Knight, Desmond Child, who, of course, had risen to prominence at that time from co-writing the Bon Jovi songs. That uh, strangely, the Jove never managed to exactly reproduce. No, see, John and Richie came up with those songs. Desmond just came in and polished them. Polished, gave them a bit of a polish. That's all he did. That's all he did. And these these fake news demos (laughs) of Desmond Child doing "Living on a Prayer" as a piano ballad several years before. Yeah, that's just fake news. That's fake news, man. Because John wrote that. That's right, and Richie. And (laughs) John wrote most of it. Richie wrote. Quite a, a lot bit of it. it, a little bit of it. And Desmond Child, I mean, he barely wrote anything. Yeah, any of it. But any of coincidentally, it. <laughs> it sounded a lot like a lot of Desmond Child's songs. But, but no, just, I mean, and there's nothing against kissing that. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Get, you know, get the guys in who are capable or who are writing the hits du jour. You know, these are the people who are writing hit singles for everyone. Why not have a few for Kiss? And do, they wrote some tremendous stuff do, for do Kiss. You know, do you know what I... Uh, noticed at that time though when they took the makeup off and and so forth and got into videos and that um, uh, it reminded me of like I was watching a, a program on TV the other day and it was it showed a, a clip from the pilot episode of Roseanne oh yeah and the husband <laughs> what, what's can you his name in real life is he not just called Dan, Dan or John. No, in real life. Oh, John Goodman. John Goodman, there you go. Now, we now know John Goodman as a major star, but back then it just was Roseanne's, you you didn't know anything about him. And I was uh, saying to my kids, do you know who that guy is? And I eventually had to explain it was Sully from Monsters, Inc. Have you seen Monsters, Inc.? Uh, I know what it is. Okay. You, well, my children were the right age. Right, when that exactly, came yeah, out, it's like I, mine were the lion. Yeah, yours were a little yeah, bit yeah. older. I, I know. I, I, I saw Monsters Inc. about four million yeah, times. Yeah. If it got them to bed at night. Yeah, I'd watch it <laughs> happily. But they were saying, this is quite right, because uh, um, the little guy Mike in Monsters Inc. is played by Billy Crystal. Right. And even though he's a one eyed alien, he so looks like Billy yeah. Crystal. <laughs> And Sully in Monsters, Inc. is basically John Goodman yeah. as a monster. Yeah. And, um, and, they were, and we were kind of talking about this. And it, and it made me realise that when Gene and Paul took off the makeup, um, they just, you realise that, that, oh, uh, they actually do look like those monsters. You know, they kind of built those monsters on how they really look. Now, yeah. know, of course, it goes without saying if it's just makeup, but... It was the first time I realised, oh, 
that whole kissing was sort of based on real people. Yeah, right. Yeah. In a strange yeah, way, if yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And now here they are. So even though they didn't have the makeup on, I was still having this kind yeah. of filtered yeah. double mental image of them with the makeup because Gene would do that pose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, and the it's still, still him. Out. Yeah, it's obviously, yeah. It's still yeah. his tongue. Yeah. Because. <laughs> His if real nothing tongue. else is real about uh, Gene, Gene, the, the tongue, tongue, tongue is real. And, and the, the hair, fire. not so much, but the tongue. And, of course, this is when they come up with some of their, I think, greatest ever material. Mm. Item number one. These are crazy, 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 crazy nights. Night. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like the intro. Uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, all of a sudden, it's, yeah, this is... And Paul's hand going, yeah, I just can't even... Yeah. 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 Uh, 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 uh. I mean, it's just yeah. fantastic yeah. kiss-like yeah. riff. Lick it up. Lick it up. Lick it up. Oh, it's only right now. That's a fantastic Stanley ad lib. He's a really good ad libber as well. It's only right now. But wasn't it Gene that sang that song? I can't remember if it was or not. Was it? No, Paul, no Paul sings Lick It Up. Are you sure? I'm sure he does. I would have thought it'd be Gene with the tongue. On the live album, Paul sings it. Ooh. Yeah. Because I always thought, I always thought they wrote the song to go with Gene's oh, tongue. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. Lick It Up. Yeah. I'm doing a tongue sure they here do, right now. Making a tongue manoeuvre. Yeah. No, but you're right. They did. Uh, um, another absolutely cracking. Um, I tell you one they one, did, um, which wasn't a hit, but I thought was a great title, which was going to be the follow-up to Crazy, 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 crazy Nights. Oh yeah. And to set context, uh, Paul told me this. Backstage. Paul Stanley, his close Paul personal Stanley. friend, close personal friend of Mitt. Uh, backstage at the Monsters of Rock show in Holland in 1988. I think Crazy had been a hit the year before yeah. or something. Because it was a bigger hit in Europe than it was in America, if oh, I'm not mistaken. Really? Yeah. It was definitely a big hit in Europe, yeah. Okay, so Paul Stanley is there, and he's with Samantha Fox. Oh, they did, they did didn't they? They did the deed. Yeah. Uh, now, people that don't know, Samantha Fox in the 80s was the most famous, what used to be called, page three girl. She was. The Sun newspaper, you'd open it, and there on page three would be a, a topless young lady. Yeah. Um, top totty, yeah. as I think the phrase yeah. was at the time. Yeah. But it was all sold as being... The, can you just kick the puck? No, I'm kick not going to kick the, But it was all sold as being Down. very, you know, very Down. innocent. It was innocent nudity. Well, yes, although yeah. Samantha Fox had enormous breasts. I don't know if you yeah. remember that. They were actually bigger that than That is her. one of the things I do remember about her. That's two of the things and, I remember and, about Samantha. And she, she'll be very keen to say she did go on to have a, a hit career as a pop singer herself, didn't she? As well? She did, in a very yeah. kind of kiss-tastic way with yeah. the... Black of the jacket and the tassels. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. But so her and Paul are dating. They're dating. And Paul says to me, I've, I've written, I've got the next song. And he looks at Samantha and he goes, it's called You Put the X in Sex. Oh, I do remember that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember thinking, what a brilliant yeah, it's title. It's a good title, that. Yeah. But it wasn't a hit. <laughs> Astonishingly, not everyone thought it was the greatest time <laughs> but yeah. i don't even know how it went i mean it, so that, that's why it wasn't a hit I, was I think we, yeah i think we could come up with an approximation of it just from the title let's put the accent let's put the accent in 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Insects. I only ever saw, this is another stupid digression, the only Brits I ever went to was the one presented by Samantha Fox and Mick Fleetwood that went disastrously Ooh. wrong. Ooh. And it was, it was at the Albert Hall, yeah. And Kerrang! were invited because Def Leppard were on the Brits. <laughs> they were playing the Brits. So they gave us a little box and we went there and... Very oh, much. How, a, very, how nice that must yeah. have been was, for all you well, Kerrang people. We were very people. much at the side of the how stage. How this is the so, first I'm hearing of well, this it, 30 years later? We were at the side of the stage. You know, at oh, the album, oh, looking in the, in the boxes, looked down over the stage. No, but I didn't know that. Cause the I side of the late. stage. <laughs> Samantha Fox, Samantha Fox who was about... Call. Samantha Fox was probably about four feet ten, and Mick Fleetwood's about seven feet five. <laughs> so whoever came up with the idea, and the, the, neither of them could see the auto cue, so they didn't know what the hell was going on. And the, the the star act of the the reason everyone was there and the Albert Hall was filled because this was before the Brits were sort of. I mean, now the Brits are like the the British yeah. Grammys. You know, everyone's yeah. crazy about it. this. Was you kind of knew about them, but they weren't like yeah. the biggest yeah. thing of the year. This or was the like Brits. It was just no, like it was just is, the it, Brits. Otherwise you know, known as was, not yeah, the Grammys. It's like you know, as I say, Def Leppard were getting one. It was that sort of, you know. Uh, um, but the the big attraction was Bros. Bros were massive at the time. When will, will I, I will, will I be famous? Which was their only hit. It was a massive hit. And this was the year well, no, of that the hit. It, it wasn't oh, their only it, hit. Well, it's the only one anybody As far remembered. as I'm concerned. <laughs> and this was the year that it was a hit. So the Albert Hall is... The, 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 the floor section, which is the main section of the Albert Hall, is entirely filled with brossettes, as they were called, who were making the most tremendous racket whenever anyone came out on the stage because they thought it was going to be Bross. But obviously, like Bon Jovi at the Moscow Peace Festival, Bross weren't headlining, but they were on later than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Brossettes were listening to Def Leppard and whoever the hell Which else it was, and Samantha Fox and Mick Fleetwood, who fucked the entire show up. I mean, really, really badly. They, they were laughing, they were walking off, they were, no one knew what was happening. It was chaos. That's my Samantha Fox story. Excellent. Good excellent. one, wasn't it? So, back to Paul, Kiss. Paul's gone out with Samantha Fox. Reason to live, that was another great one. Do you remember? Everybody's got a reason to live. It's like this great AOR song that was a big oh. hit. Everybody's no, the, the, got a dream and a hunger inside. And again, once again, I mean... Did Michael was, Bolton write that it, one it as well? It probably was either Michael Bolton or Mark Mangold or one of those guys who could just so, write those that songs. That could have been Winger. It, exactly, yeah. That could I mean, have been those guys, a power ballad yeah, off the yeah. Warrens album. And it, when you look back through all of this, you always in the credits, it's either Michael Bolton, Holly Knight, Mark Mangold, Desmond Child... There's probably a couple of others. That, yeah. Uh, always, Michael Bolton, what was the name Michael, of the one? Michael one Bolton that... even wrote a song for Bob Dylan. With Bob Dylan, he wrote, uh, that Michael Bolton sang. Uh, Steel Bars, yeah. What? Bob Fucking wanted, Bob, Bob Dylan, man. But, well, you mean, you probably, can't trust him any, with anybody. He was probably getting divorced and he thought, oh, I need some cash, I'll write a song with Michael Bolton. Well, it'll no, be a, I, I be agree, a hit. I mean, yeah, fuck's sake. Bob had a terrible 80s, though, didn't he? Yeah, he probably regard. did, so, you know, yeah. but... So Remember that movie he did with Fiona? Oh God, yeah, Fiona. And, uh, what's that guy's was, name? Who was? Wasn't Fiona the one that? No, I can't. That Malcolm Dove. That's what I was going to say. So. Yes, and went round New York looking for her. Yeah. Uh, now, we're not saying he was a poor, lovesick fool. 
Yeah. But we are saying he was a fool. <laughs> now, nah, bless him. We've all, we've we've all, all, been, all there. been there. We've all floated. Chasing after some rock and bit roll skirt, floozy yeah, that bit. Yeah, that's only true, goes actually. for we millionaire have, producers. So fair play, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who was it? Bo Hill, her boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You, well, I can't. You, you can say that. I couldn't possibly yeah. comment. But uh, and Bo and Malcolm were really good mates. Bo offered uh, Malcolm a cracking job at Atlantic Records as oh, an A and R guy, and Malcolm turned it down. Probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you look back, who you, actually, he'd, have, he'd have signed. Been, he'd have signed Magnum. Well, I think Malcolm could have been the new John Kolobna. You know, actually, he probably. Yeah, he actually, would, yeah. He would have he probably known who was li- up and coming. Exactly. He listened to more bands than anyone else on I, God's earth. I sat with Bo Hill yeah. and Malcolm one afternoon in LA, late 80s, early 90s, late 80s probably, and um, the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah. And at random, me and Bo were just picking something and giving Malcolm bare bones clue. And he go, oh, yeah, uh, that's uh, that's... Yeah. That's kiss and reason yeah. to love or whatever yeah. it is, you know. Reason to live. He knew everything. Yeah. And you go, and, no. and what number is it yeah. this week, Malcolm? Well, last week it was number 51, so this week it's number 40. Yeah. We were going, fucking hell, mate. Why aren't you running the business? <laughs> Why aren't you just running yeah. the music yeah. business? Because he had that sort of mind. He just, you know. Like a steel trap. Yeah. Yeah, like steel bars. That steel bars <laughs> wrapped all around me. That's how the Michael Bolton. Diane got Warren. She was. Oh, I mean, still. I mean, hit after hit. She's ring. I love the story of her uh, being sent to work with Aerosmith. They'd done the done with this again. This is John Kolodna, uh slash Malcolm Dunn. Mm. Yeah. Um, John Kolodna signs Aerosmith because they're f- completely finished. Don't, yeah, yeah. But he gets Joe Perry back, Stephen Tyler, gets the, the band back. And they do a great album called Done With Mirrors, which flopperoonie, not mm. a single hit on it. So the next album, which is Permanent Vacation, he has to have hits. And so he brings in Diane Warren. And um, I think she wrote Angel off that album. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. But she also, um, uh, Stephen Tyler had this song he'd written called Party Time. <laughs> no, rag... Party Time? Party... I forget what the fuck it was, but I'm going to say it was Party Time. I was imagining Diane Warren's face as she yeah. hears the news. Well... It, 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 Stephen's written one. <laughs> Don't know if you'd like to hear. <laughs> or it was it was something called... Really, I'm going to say Party Time, for argument's sake. Mm. It was um, Party Time. Da, 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 da. Party oh, time. so it's Dan, 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 party time. You know. <laughs> and she just crossed out party time and wrote yeah. rag doll. Yeah. And for that, she got 50% of the songwriting royalties. Yeah. Apparently Tyler flipped out. But I wrote that fucking, all she did was two words. Yeah. yeah and Colin's like, yeah, but those are the words. They're the words, yeah, yeah. So... Kiss have this, but also oh, she also we should say at this point she also wrote "Don't Want to Miss a Thing," didn't she? Say for Aerosmith, for Aerosmith. Yeah. She also, if we're going to be on this subject, wrote the theme tune to, and I did love it at the time. The uh, you know Star Trek, the TV series, went into several iterations. Yeah, so you had the, we did talk about this before, and I didn't know this before, but I do know that now because you told me. 
I can't remember. It was because you were going on and on about this. Some bloke was in Star Trek, and didn't I know this is what happened? It was when you. <laughs> I'm not even going to go. Go back and listen to the Rob Halford one. It was about it was about them recharging in pods or something. Oh, you mean the Borg? Yes. No, no, no. Anyway, but don't no, don't get no, sidetracked. No, 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 Just no. talk about Diane Warren. Okay, uh, this is Diane Warren. Because Diane Di- Warren is herself a sidetrack. So I'll bring it home if you let me. Yeah. Just let me. So way after the next generation, way after Voyager, <laughs> which had the Borg, way after Deep Space Nine, they do a kind of reverse engineer on the Star Trek franchise, and they do a new one called uh, oh. Enterprise. And it's it goes back in time to pre Captain Kirk, <laughs> and it's they don't even beam up. It's that it's yeah. that much earlier. Yeah, the technology just wasn't there. And it's the first time ever that the theme tune is sung. Oh, so it's not. The and wrong. it was originally Rod Stewart singing it. Was it okay? A song written by Diane Warren that began. It's a long time. Oh, okay. In space. Yeah, it's something yeah. like that. And 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 Rod Stewart, there was a falling out over money, so he said, "No, fuck you." Yeah. So they brought in Russell Watson. Oh, yeah. Who could do a very passable, a passable Rod Stewart yeah, in those yeah. days? He had the gravel voice. So if you look up the theme tune to, I think it's Enterprise, um, came out in about the mid. Zeros. I have to do it, yeah. Because I like all that. I mean, Michael. It's been a long time the, the aforementioned. From um, there to here. Michael Bolton, uh, before, when he was trying to write stuff for other people, was paying the bills singing jingles. So he sang uh, Sun Kissed, which they drink it in the sun. Really? So, and once you know that's Michael Bolton, right. you can really hear that it's him. Right. He sang Eminem's several of those, yeah. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about the time I met the guy who sang uh, in this country the advert for uh, Cadbury's Flake? Oh, yeah. Only the crumbliest, flakiest chocolates. Tastes like chocolate, never tasted before. Yeah. Oh, he could sing that guy. He was in a band from Liverpool called Saga. And Not they, the Canadian oh, saga. The, oh, maybe they weren't called saga. Something saga-esque. <laughs> and, and they opened for Marillion on a tour. <laughs> and every night I was on the it's tour. To every night song. we would get him out to the piano. Yeah. Go on, sing it, go on. Go on. Go, no, no, fuck off. I've you know, done it years before. Yeah. Okay, no, come on, come on. Eventually Mark Kelly would be on the piano. And we'd go, oh. And people would be going, oh, I love this. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, should put it in the set. So the Diane Warren years, yeah. Desmond Child, yeah, yeah. some hits, but you're right. They kind of became a singles band. Yeah. But by the time you get to the mid nineties, I mean, I think Doc became their manager in like ninety five. Right. So he's post Bon Jovi, post yeah. Scorpion, Skid Row, Motley. Middle of, middle of grunge, really. I mean, where do those bands go at that point? Well, their career is over at yeah, that point. They yeah. haven't done any shows in yeah, years. Yeah. And it is Doc that comes in and says, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to hire Soldier Field in Chicago, yeah. which holds about 100,000 <laughs> people. 
They're going, Doc, we can't even sell a fucking theatre anymore. Yeah. Going, no, we're going to hire Soldier Field and we're going to do a big announcement that the four original guys yeah. in the original makeup yeah. are back. Yeah. Are back, baby. Yeah. And they were going, it will never work, it will never work, it will never work. It fucking oh, so yeah. worked. Yeah. And that was how they launched. Because it hits that sweet spot of if you work it out, 95. So it's what, you know, 20 years on after the big. So all the guys who were sort of, you know, 18, 19, 20 at the time are now 40. Or going, yeah, I'll watch, I'll buy a ticket. And for also, that. You, had, you even had Kurt Cobain saying he, yeah, he loved, loved Kiss. Yeah, that's as true, a actually. Kid. Kiss and Wasn't Sabbath. There a picture of Kurt Cobain dressed I think in, the, were, yeah. in the makeup. I mean, it was Kiss and Sabbath who always kind of got name checked, didn't mm. they? If, if Seattle bands were going to name check yeah. metal bands, it would yeah. be them. Yeah. Yeah. Except for Jeff yeah. Ament in Pearl Jam, who was a Maiden fan. Was, was it? Big time. <laughs> Calling you <laughs> out, Ament. Like hear Eddie sing, Eddie Vedder get his lips round that yeah. one. Proper song. Yeah, he's yeah. miserable. He's mis- you look right. All I ever think of is Ross's voice. <laughs> look right, if you don't want to be in a band, if you don't want a million dollars... You don't do it. Yeah, but you don't understand. Eddie's it's what, it's when he came, it's a, I remember Ross coming, rushing into the Kerrang <laughs> office when it was at Carnaby Street. Ross Halfin. Yeah, Ross Halfin. Legendary uh, he, and rock did, photographer. Did, legendary rock. And we'd like, you know, Pearl Jam were so miserable at that. And we'd finally negotiated they'd do a photo session. <laughs> they hadn't done a photo session for years or whatever it was they would never do another photo session for years having de- you know dealt with the- they would do one if it was sort of anton corbin you know right right they're right. not, not going to do a, a bog stand. or picasso yeah oh yeah exactly <laughs> but ross you know it takes a bit of if salvador finesse. dali wants yeah. to come in and sculpt so he goes to eddie vedder and at the time eddie do you remember eddie vedder would only ever wear that uh, like a beige t-shirt and it was all he ever wore oh yeah but it turns out ross comes rushing back from this session it turns out eddie's got like 40 of these <laughs> t-shirts <laughs> and he just puts one on so it looks like all he's got is one t-shirt but he's just got 40 of them you know which is really fun and then ross goes, oh edward would you mind turning your head this way Oh, you're such a kind man. <laughs> you can imagine what it was like. You know. So that, that's. But then, what a breath of fresh air! You've you've had years of this, you know, and it's all terrible. And all of a sudden, here's Kiss. Yeah, you want to take our photo? Yeah, sure, we'll take a photo. You want to you want to see a proper show? Here's a proper show. You know. In fact, it was probably perfectly timed. Uh, most definitely. I mean, Classic Rock magazine. Very first issue came out October '98, um, but it didn't become a fully fledged monthly magazine for over a year, uh, beginning of 2000. And I remember, I think it was the following year, Ross came in with uh, a brand brand new session he'd done with Kiss, and Kiss had brand new oh uh, like armor, or whatever yeah, Wears, yeah. the God of Thunder stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. they all they were all in that. Yeah. Outrageously yeah. brilliant pictures. And it was all about their farewell tour. Yeah. And we put it on the cover. Magazine did really well. I say we, I yeah. put it yeah. on the cover. You took the executive decision. I did. That those issues that didn't sell, that was when I left it to the team. Mm. Yeah. The ones that really yeah. sold, thank you. Th- yeah. I was basically the yeah. Diane one. Yeah. 
of how to sell a magazine cover. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and it was like, uh, I remember thinking, oh no, they're, they're breaking up. That's not a good, this is not a good time to break up. Ten years yeah, ago. Yeah. But you look amazing. This is fun. Fool. <laughs> of course they weren't going to break no. up. But it was the farewell tour. Yeah. And then I think about two years later, there was the what comeback. The, what they did, what, what happened was they, you know, Gene wrote out the farewell to armour that I'm wearing to her. <laughs> Diane Warren came in and she just crossed out to armour. So Doc looked at it and thought, yeah. yeah there's a million for you, there's Diane. A, yeah. There you go. <laughs> well earned. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Call me, babe. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, but I tell you, you what. Yeah, I tell you what. I tell you what. Um, seeing them at Wembley, not just seeing them on stage at Wembley, which it always is, you know, mm. the, the icing on the cake, but because I was wandering around backstage, I got to see that side, and it's very elaborate. They. I remember I just I just I just come off the Francis Rossi tour. Oh, uh, we've spoken about this before. The secondary markets on the secondary market, and Torquay. every night, every night, Torquay where Kiss weren't playing. No, listen, I've got to tell you, every night we would do a meet and greet <laughs> where Francis would sit in a chair in front of the stage, right. and people would be let in one at a time to be met by me, who would take their phone off them or in many cases, old box brownie camera. Yeah. And they would go and sit next to Francis and I would snap their picture yeah. on their phone or, yeah. or, or an old camera. Um, <laughs> and I remember we got quite a few complaints at the shop. But shots, you still got a backstage sh- pass and stuff. And the shots, the you? shots you still were made to feel spe- <laughs> You were still made to feel special. Oh, no. I mean, they could sign something. and No, it was a good moment, but... I remember the whole emphasis was, you know, yeah, Mick, will, Mick will take the pictures. Yeah. Because yeah. that way it costs Because he knows Ross Alvin. Yeah. It'll be good. Well, no, <laughs> <laughs> um, I went from doing that for 36 shows uh, to going backstage to Kiss, where they had a similar setup. Yeah. Except they were all... It takes them at least two hours to get that together. Yeah. And then they would have hundreds of people ready. Yeah, yeah. They had a whole uh, stage set up backstage. Um, and people would come in and they'd get up on the little stage with the guys from Kiss yeah. who were all yeah, 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 yeah. You know, amazing. Yeah. And they'd have lights behind them, professional well, photographer. Yeah, yeah. And by the time they'd gone round the circuit, their photos, there you go. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. This is a step on from what I was doing. <laughs> With Francis. Yeah, Wilson. yeah. And they were so kind of, they were like, ready guys, right here. One, two, three. Yeah! yeah, yeah. You know, with Francis, yeah. I'm going, Francis, look yeah. at the camera. Try Francis. not to look like you want to. Francis, yeah. you're looking bored again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so yeah, they were op- operating on a different level. And then... Um, on the Kiss Cruise last November, uh, I saw them play, I think, at least three times. Yeah. And it was different every time. And I suddenly realised, my God, how many amazing songs they've got that I'd forgotten. Yeah. I mean, the obvious ones. But then something like Christine 16. Yeah, all those. Yeah, it's fantastic when you see them doing that. Like, yeah. Christine mm-hmm. 16. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't really write a song like that anymore, Forgive forgive my ignorance, but who is in Kiss these days? Apart, I mean, I know Gene and Paul are, 
But who was on, well, who was on the cruise? Bruce Kulick was on the cruise. Oh, oh as, as a guest, as a well, guest. Well, as, as I mean, you were there. You of saw course. the no, course, you saw them three times. I no, mean, absolutely. What, for argument, for was Ace Freely there? No. No, so Ace is out because this was the thing, I mean, and no, I, it, was I the, think, it was the band that is together today. I, yeah, see, yeah, <laughs> see, I think Simmons has kind of gone through the the. I think he went through a kind of slightly horrible period that was around the two, you know, ninety eight two thousands, whatever. When he did that book that I was talking about, and for some reason, I ended up. I mean, it was classic rock or someone. I ended up doing two or three phoners with him that were probably two or three years apart. I can't remember the ins and outs of them, all for different things. And every time I remember putting the phone down thinking how remarkably unpleasant he was. You really? Know? Not I don't mean rude unpleasant. And, you know, Gene is always there to promote his thing, so you know, you know. He, but his attitude to life was unpleasant. It was all about money. It was, you know, I remember him being scathing about Ace Freely because Ace was a drunk and, could, right, you know, wouldn't, right. couldn't get it together to, you know, I've given him this opportunity to make this money and he's just blown it, you know. And he just, he, I, I don't know, it just, it didn't sit well with me. I, he didn't seem happy and I I don't know why I would expect him, I'm not expecting him to be jolly, jolly happy, but he almost seemed like he was resenting the world you know, the world hadn't somehow recognised Gene Simmons' genius. You know, in actual fact, he, you know, from where he's come from, man, he's lived a life, you know. I mean, you think about that kid who couldn't speak English. Doc told me that, um, I can't remember the exact circumstances, um, but when I was there last year we, uh, hanging out, um, an offer had come through from Gordon Ramsay in one of his kitchen nightmare type shows, he was doing like a celebrity version. And uh, I think Paul Stanley had just opened a restaurant in LA or... <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it. no, it was in Vegas, wasn't it? Oh, Vegas, it? Th- yeah. Yeah, well, I'm sure it was. I, I remember that. So yeah. I don't think anything happened in the end. Yeah. There was a lot of... There was an approach about can right. we... Yeah. And Doc said, Gene said to him, because Gene was not entirely thrilled that this Gordon Ramsay thing would happen with Paul and not him. Yeah. And and, and Doc was kind of saying, I, I don't think we're even going to do it, Gene. I mean, it's Gordon Ramsay. It's just going to be him fucking yelling at Paul, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a Gordon Ramsay show for yeah. some... Your restaurant's shit. Here's what you need to do. Yeah. Um, uh, he, so he's explaining this to Gene. And Gene goes, how come... How come all these shitty reality TV show people come to us? They don't go to Mick Jagger or Bob Dylan, do they? And Doc goes, well, see, Gene, if you'd ever bothered to write some fucking songs like they did, maybe they wouldn't be coming to you either. But you didn't do that. You went the other way. You went into the big Gene had his own show, which was a show. Another thing I interviewed him, it was like a sort of at home with... Gene Simmons and his wife, and his wife was lovely. This was another thing that got his, his wife was lovely, you know, really lovely. Mm-hmm. But every time you interview him, he's, he'd insist on going on and on about how many women, you know, to the 2,000 groupies, because he thought that's what you wanted to hear. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, he has a, it's kind of like he opens the box outrage. Yeah, box yeah. Sex and, well, he doesn't do drugs, but, you know. yeah. Yes, the other thing you see, you know, the other thing about Gene, he's completely straight, you know, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But he's not a kind of drinking, drugging, you know, rock star type. He's just not. 
to me, I think it's like where Keith Richards is clearly that drinking, drugging, yeah. rock and roll guy. Uh, Gene, it's money. Yeah. It's money and sex. It is, yeah, yeah. You know, Adam Ann, when he used to sing, don't drink, don't smoke, what do you do? Well, people that don't drink or smoke or take drugs, generally they fuck a lot. Yeah. And they got all the time in the world to make money because yeah. they never spend it on yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. there was a Classic Rock Awards a few years ago where Gene Simmons was the guest, or not guest speaker, I don't know what the, the Presenter. Was. He was yeah, up there. Presenting an award or something. And he gave a speech where I, the tears were falling down my face. Tears were falling. Yeah. They were falling down my face. He was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And, of course, it included a rant about how much money they were making. And he was saying... I can't remember the exact numbers, but as an, I'm some paraphrasing, paraphrasing yeah. in the broadest possible mm. sense. He was like, "We now have 52 uh, Kiss branded golf courses all over yeah. America. <laughs> yeah. You can be buried in a Kiss coffin. Yeah, and we have this and we have that." And and he went on and on, and it got it reached fever pitch where you just are like, "Please stop." He was so funny, and. Um, and then I was uh, lucky enough to spend a bit of time with Doc last year at his place in Nashville. Yeah. And as chance would have it, the room I stayed in, uh, there was a, a, an adjoining door that led into a sort of a little corridor area and then down there another door. And in that door was where Doc kept hundreds of KISS merchandise items. Mm. And he said, help yourself. And, and John, but don't tell G. It was like being in Hamley's toy yeah, shop on yeah. Christmas Eve, except it's all kiss all the time. Yeah. In the end, I didn't take anything because like, you didn't even know where to start. Yeah. Plus, I was, I, I'm getting back to the airport the next day. I was like, yeah. I'm going to be carrying yeah. a, a giant yeah. Gene Simmons doll. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Although I would have if it hadn't been for that. So anyway... But you've got to watch it with Doc asking you to take stuff through airports. <laughs> Shut up, Coco. And then on the Kiss Cruise, uh, I think the first night we had dinner uh, and it was a big table, you know, maybe 15 people Doc is hosting and I'm on one of these people. And, and after he says, right, let's go up to uh, the top deck. And I, I don't know what's going on, but it's like midnight and we go up into this room which hasn't been open to the public yet. Massive room, John. And it's all the merch they're going to sell on the on the tour on wow. the on the cruise. Yeah. And he's like, "Help yourself." And this time I did because um, it was t-shirts, hoodies. Set your own stall up down on deck <laughs> deck five. <laughs> <laughs> no, I literally just got one item each for all the family. Yeah. Uh, which which they all oh, loved, loved. Yeah, and yeah, still yeah. wear. Yeah. Linda's got a kiss hoodie which she wears <laughs> to work. She loves it. Yeah. Um, and I, and I kind of think that's where we are at with kiss is, and I think the same with the, whether it's the Stones or Guns N' mm. Roses. You know, when Guns N' Roses played in London a couple of years ago, uh, there were all these pictures online of, of these really young people wearing all their Guns N' Roses yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going it was, off it to see like, Guns N' Roses. It was like when um, Topshop started selling Iron Maiden T-shirts. It's edged into the wider culture. It completely yeah. has. I mean, one yeah. of my daughters has uh, that Rolling Stones, the, the tongue. The tongue, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I said, oh, you got a stone shirt. She went, what? Yeah. I had no idea what yeah. I was talking about. She just loved the yeah. design. And I think um, 
this is where Kiss are at. So uh, no one really buys records anymore. No, and Kiss, are, they're, they're not... They're not sort of vague, their vanity sort of doesn't extend to thinking that's what people want. In the same way, like the Stones sort of think, well, what you really want to hear is Mick Jagger's blues album. <laughs> that's absolutely what we really no, don't want isn't. to hear. You know, we yeah. want Keith surprising with a syringe in his eyeball, yeah. singing about the devil. Yeah, that's what we want. That, that's it. That's what you want. Well, I think, but Kiss, been... no, what you want is the 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 experience. Then. And I tell you what, it was an experience. Yeah. Like one, one, I think at least one day, maybe two days. In one of the theatres on the ship, uh, Paul was giving um, uh, an, an, a masterclass in art. So he paints, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah and he yeah, came out with yeah. the beret, yeah. the paintbrushes, the smog. <laughs> of course he did. The easel. Of course he did. It was fantastic, yeah. man. It was fantastic. It's like that show that's on, that, you know, the Bob guy who does the painting on TV. I'm laughing. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. It's a, it's a, yeah, you do. Um, Ask Paul. And, uh, and then another day they had... Uh, the final night, uh, whatever was planned, I can't remember what was planned, but there was a, a terrible storm. <laughs> so all the shows that have been scheduled for the up deck where the pool was, that was where the big shows would happen late at night, they all had to be cancelled. So they quickly um, reverted to Paul doing something in this theatre. Right. And this is like from about 11pm till 1am or whatever. And they show cartoons, these truly hilarious from the original 30s and 40s cartoons of Tom and Jerry and things like that, where it's really bloody and, and vicious and hilarious. They do about an hour of that, and then Paul comes out um, uh, looking like Scrooge on Christmas Eve, except mm. the opposite in terms of personality. He's got like a nightdress on. You know those oh, floppy yeah, hats, yeah, the yeah, bed yeah, hat? Yeah, yeah. He's got one of those. And he's come out to read us a story, a bedtime story. <laughs> and he has all these children. They've got all these cushions on the stage. And all the children have to sit on the stage <laughs> listening, plus us in the audience. Yeah. And he's got this book, some graphic novel that someone's produced about Kiss. And he's telling the story of Kiss. It's really, it's very, very funny. And then at the end, he says... Who's got any questions? And one of these little kids sticks their arm up. And he's like, you, Jimmy, what is it you want to know? And he goes, how much money do you make? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see, now Gene would have loved that question. Uh, yeah, because Gene would have Paul told have him. Said, Gene, is that you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gene would have told him. <laughs> Gene would have explained yeah, yeah. on a spreadsheet. yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, though, they, they were selling replica guitars and things. Yeah. And what I heard, uh, I can't vouch for the accuracy, but what I was told was in the first 24 hours on the cruise, I think Gene had made had sold over a million dollars worth of wow. replica <laughs> guitars. See, the thing is, that, that I'm sure this story's... So who slightly, needs to make an album? Yeah, ex exactly. Sure, the story's slightly apocryphal. When those rock and roll cruises started... And again, Kiss weren't the first to do it, you know. Not the first, but the but, best. But the best. And it does sound like theirs is, theirs is now the best. But they did an early one, and I'm not even sure if it was a Kiss cruise. It's just they were just on it. I remember someone saying to me, and I can't remember who it was, how much Gene had hated it. And the reason he hated it was because you can't get away from people. 
There's nowhere you can go. They're just there the whole time. It was like his nightmare being surrounded by KISS fans 24-7. They fixed that problem. Yeah, I'm sure they did. So, so yeah. on this ship, there were 12 decks, <laughs> but you couldn't go beyond deck number nine. Yeah. Because after that, you had to have a special key for the elevator or you went up the stairs and knocked on a special... Oh, no, I had a. I actually did have a thing that would get yeah, me in. Yeah. But I very rarely went up there because as soon as you got in there, as soon as you came out the private elevator doors or you came through the door at the top of the stairs, were armed guards. Right, yeah. And it didn't matter that you had all the right passes. You still had to tell them who yeah. you were, who you were there to see. Yeah. Right, you wait there while I go and get them. Mm. Uh, if you spent enough time up there, they got used to you, which I did eventually. But, yeah. but this is a completely different world to the one. The guy. one, yeah. They had their own pool. Yeah. Had their own chef. Yeah. Their their own everything. Gene's uh, cabin. Was it Gene or Paul? Might have been Paul actually. His cabin had a white grand Steinway piano. In yeah, that'd have been Paul. Gotta be Paul. Butlers. Yeah. And any, everything else you can think of, all going on right there. And, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, so they definitely got away whenever they needed yeah, to. Yeah. But they were surprisingly um, available, particularly yeah. Paul and the rest of them. Um, and and the the, uh, the Unplug show they did, around, literally around the swimming pool as we set sail, it was fantastic. Yeah. Because they were just laughing and joking. And then they started um, hazing each other on stage, sort of joking, but, you know. And Gene Simmons kept moaning that he couldn't hear his bass. <laughs> and Doc's at the desk. And, and at one point, Gene says something like... why I couldn't hear the bass. Yeah. Doc's just turned Doc's it off. Doc's going, we done with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Gene's going, hey, Doc, you're going to turn up that bass or are we looking for a new manager in the morning? <laughs> yeah. 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 Ha ha! Uh, Only yeah. joking. Yeah. I tell you what, though, if ever there was a rock and roll marriage made in heaven, it is Doc and Kiss. It is. Well, it's good to know Doc's still making money on the high seas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's one just way fine tuned. One way or another, he has yeah. fine tuned. I tell yeah. you what, we got it. We have to do one on Doc one day. When, oh yeah. When, when yeah. His book he's comes tremendous. Out. Yeah. Because he is. He is uh, a character and a half. He is so smart. And yeah. so funny, yeah. so funny. But anyway, so uh, Kiss Today, if you are tuning in as live and it's New Year's Eve, Dubai, live stream, they've spent $750,000 making it COVID yeah. secure. Yeah. And interestingly, they've spent a million dollars merely on the pyro. Yeah. And it's going to look amazing. It's going to be Fucking amazing. Yeah. 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 Of course it is. Yeah. It's Kiss, baby. It's going to be crazy, crazy, (laughs) crazy, crazy. Come on, I know you want to join. Crazy. Crazy. Just uh, drop your admission fee at the door there. (laughs) And then you'll hear all the songs. Yeah. You had the rest. All the ones. Yeah. Now. Now, here's the best. Here's the best. Here's the richest. If you liked this episode, be sure to leave us a review, share it with a friend, or plain old subscribe wherever you happen to listen to it. For full episode show notes, visit nofilter.media 
forward slash get your rocks up. This has been a No Filter Media production. Say what you want.